Hello and welcome to the Greenfield Baptist Sermons Podcast. Each week we will be uploading the Focus Scripture and Sermon from Greenfield Baptist Church in Northeast Pennsylvania. Thank you for joining us and enjoy. Well, God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for those who are here. Thank you for the protection to get here. And Lord, for those who are not able to be with us this morning, I pray that you would be, uh, Lord, with them as well as they uh, listen online and or, uh, uh, Lord, uh, hear it at a different time or or do devotions in a different way. Maybe they uh, stayed home and meditated this morning. Lord, I just thank you for the opportunity you put in front of us. Thank you for your love and care over our lives, Lord. Thank you for those uh, people in our lives uh, who make a difference. Uh, and Lord, I just pray that uh, you would open our ears and our hearts and our eyes uh, to hear your voice. Lord, to recognize uh, what, what you would have us to do with the things that you have for us in life. Lord, that we would recognize uh, your voice in our lives and, uh, and then respond to that voice. Thank you for your love. In your name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> the scripture this morning is uh, out of chapter 3, and I hope, I hope you had a f- chance to read all of chapter 3 of 1 Samuel. It's, I didn't read the first nine verses, mostly because it makes for a really long scripture, but uh, I'll just give you a real quick synopsis. This young boy, Samuel, he's, he's working under Eli, and, and he, he hears his voice, which he thinks is Eli, and it's God, and, and, and it's God saying, Samuel, and Eli runs out, or uh, Samuel runs out to Eli. He says, here I am. I'm ready to, what do you want? And, and Eli said, it wasn't me. Go back to bed. And that happens three times. And then we get to this spot. Uh, so it says right in the end of nine, so Samuel went down and lay down in his place. And verse 10, the Lord came and stood there calling out as at the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. So Samuel finally got to the spot where he realized it was God, not Eli. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears them, hears about it, tingle. At that time, I will carry out against Eli everything I spoke against his family from beginning to end. For I told him that I would judge his family forever because of the sin he knew about. His sons blasphemed God, and he failed to restrain them. Therefore, I swore to the house of Eli, the guilt of Eli's house will never be atoned for by the sacrifice or offering. So Samuel lay down until morning, and then opened the doors of the house of the Lord. He was afraid to tell Eli the vision. But Eli called to him and said, Samuel, my son. Samuel answered, here I am. What was it that he said to you? Eli asked, Do not hide it from me. May God deal with me, deal with you, ever it be, be it ever so severely, if you hide from me anything he told you. So Samuel told him everything, hiding nothing from him. Then Eli said, He is the Lord. Let him do what is good in his eyes. The Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And he let none of Samuel's words fall to the ground. And all of Israel from Dan to Beersheba recognized that Samuel was attested as a prophet of the Lord. The Lord continued to appear at Shiloh. And there he revealed himself to Samuel through his word. May God add his blessing as we continue to sing here in the worship. 
Thank you for this morning. Thank you for the reminder. The reminder of your love and that you're there, that you're our foundation. Lord, we pray for this morning for those who are struggling and those who are hurting, those who are not here due to snow or wind or um, just life circumstances. Lord, we pray for those uh, who weren't able to be out. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would comfort them, that they would hear your voice as well this morning. We recognize that this is not the only place we come to hear your voice. We recognize that your voice can be heard uh, anywhere. And so, Lord, I ask that you would open our eyes uh, to recognize when you are speaking, that our ears would hear what you have for us, and that we would act upon that. Lord, thank you for our minds that are able to discern. Clear them so that we can hear you. In your name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> I know. That's all right. I like it when they run. Seems like the right thing to do. Kids should run. Yeah, run. Go, go faster. Daniel, run. Come on, Dan Hoyt. I don't know why Dan Hoyt never wants to run. Too much energy. <laughs> is that what it is, Dan? Hey, I just want to reiterate, you know, if you, if you, if you don't have anything going on Saturday, you can help me work on this puzzle. And uh, I plan on whooping Daryl. Daryl, did you hear that? I'm going to whoop on Daryl. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a couple hooks put together in a picture. Daryl, did you do this puzzle? No? Okay. I'm going to do a puzzle Daryl hasn't even done. I'm going to whoop him. What do you think, Daryl? If you want to see something pretty special, you'll, if, if you come, you'll watch Daryl put together a puzzle. He makes no sense at all. He, he just has a different mindset. I never saw anybody put together a puzzle from the middle out or the sides out or the edges. You know, we always do the edges in, right? And Daryl's the opposite. He just has some crazy system. He just like, eh, and it ends up being pretty good. Hi, huh, Daryl. So if you want to come hang out with Daryl. I will, I will tell you, though, if you're not on Daryl's team, which I am pretty much can guarantee none of you are on his team, because you will not be allowed to touch his puzzle. You will distract him. If you, I try to help him, and he never wants me to help. He's, he's like, nope, Mom, he'll let Mom Kim help, but not me help. I don't know. So I want to talk a little bit about meditation. <clears throat> What's your first thoughts? Quiet. Quiet, okay. Personal, okay. Remove distractions, all right. All right, concentrated thought. Thank you. I'm looking for a negative, right? <laughs> right? Eastern, the Eastern traditions, right? Those, those religions, right? Because that's in our mind, I think, uh, and... And, and where I kind of grew up in that, like, okay, that's all negative, right? That's a, that's a, meditation was almost a swear word, right? It was almost one of those words, you don't say that in the Christian realm, right? And yet, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show you a few scriptures where it talks about meditating on God's laws uh, and on his word. And we're going to talk about what meditating really means. And, and 
Psalm 1, yeah, Psalm 1, 2 actually is uh, one of the ones. I don't think I have that one in today, but that is a good one. I have a couple other ones where, um, but I want to talk a little bit about what, me- what do you think meditation looks like? What do you think meditating is? What, um, if you were a Buddhist, you might be doing that. I got a picture I'll show you in a minute. Um, so what, what do you think that means? Or what did you think that meant before you uh, maybe read the chapter of the book or maybe um, <clears throat> had a chance to think about it? Any thoughts? All right, searching for inner peace. Understanding? Okay. Because I'm, what's that? Isolating yourself, yeah. Sitting in my chair all by myself. But then I watch TV with the dog, so that's not really all by myself, so. Right? Meditation. So I, wanna, I do want to clear up one thing. I'm going to grab my book real quick. I want to clear up one thing. I have, I will promise you one thing about me. I know this book was written by a human. I will not drink the Kool-Aid. Right? I'm not asking you to drink the Kool-Aid. I'm not saying Richard Foster. This is Richard Foster, by the way, with probably the original book that he wrote. Um, I'm not asking you to drink the Kool-Aid. That's not a, that's not, I'm not saying this guy has it all figured out. Why? Because he's a human. And anything you read, I don't care if it's this, I don't care if it's a mystery, I don't care if it's an adventure, fiction, nonfiction, it all has to go against this, right? We have to line these up. So I want to be clear, because I know this and I think this, but I don't always share that with you. I'm not asking, I'm asking you to take what Richard Foster would be might be called might be called a commentary, right? In in some ways, he's he's sharing his thoughts, his understanding, and his depth of um, of knowledge on these twelve different disciplines. I think he puts together a pretty decent book, and that he has uh, twelve disciplines. That I think if you can grasp even a little bit of each one of those, you're you're going to be in a better place, pointing towards God. And that's why I use this book. That's why I wanted to use this book. But I want you to understand that I'm not sold that he has it all figured out. I'm not sold that he is uh, like flawless in his thought process or that his book is perfect. That's not what I'm asking you to do. I'm asking you to read the chapter. And I'm not gonna, that's why I'm not preaching out of this book. I'm preaching out of this book, right? Because this is the important book. This is help. You can come to church on Sunday and not read this book, and we'll still work on this book, which is the more important book. This is added material to help you think about and to, to spend during the week. See, I think, quite honestly, having the scripture a week ahead and having something to help us think about the topic ahead is really helpful for our spiritual growth. Because this is one hour, and if you're being honest, it's 25 minutes of that hour that we're actually talking about the subject. And so you can invest a whole lot more time at home on your own than, I, than we can do it corporately. That's why Bible or Sunday school is so good. It's why Wednesday night is so good. It adds another piece of that, the pie to, to help us uh, to develop. So that being said, I want you to understand, I'm not asking you to believe everything Richard Foster says. I want you to challenge it. And if you have a problem with it, great. Don't be afraid to text me or call or, or, or just let me know. I, I appreciate that because that helps me understand um, where people are. Uh, I'd rather you had something wrong with it than, than, and, didn't, than say, and said something than not say anything at all. That being said, right, this is kind of what we think meditation, right, uh, this Eastern traditions of, of um, holding our fingers a certain way of, I, I can't sit that way, so I'm, I'm out, 
right? <laughs> I'm out. I'd be, yeah, I'd be stuck. <laughs> Frozen, you know, can't get up. <laughs> so, so I want to give you Foster's definition of meditation because I think all too often we have this idea in our head, we have this mindset um, in, in our brain that meditation has to look like this and it has to act like this. Um, in fact, there are some you will find, I, I do know of, there's a, there's a lot of pushback in the Christian realm. There's some, uh, there's some tenets of Christianity that have gone to uh, the Eastern piece of it. And it's like, just empty your mind. And I think that's the biggest difference. The biggest challenge is not emptying your mind of everything, but rather filling your mind with the things of God. Right? And that's the difference between where meditation would be, and that's what Richard Foster says, the difference between meditation um, and the Eastern traditions would be to empty your mind and just be open and let whatever can come in, come in. That's not what we're talking about this morning. This is different. This is, uh, here's his definition. I want to share that with you. It's Christian meditation, and that's how he, uh, he prefaces it, is the ability to hear God's voice and obey his word. Does anybody have a problem with that definition? Okay, fair. I don't think there's anything wrong with either one of those. That, that was my point, though, right? He's, he's just saying, hey, being able to hear God's voice and obeying his word, right? He's, I think what he's saying is hearing it is the meditation piece, obeying is like the extent, like extended out, right? And so... And so that's, it's, it's just that simple. That's what Foster says is, hey, this is what medita- Christian meditation might look like. And so I found this picture because I, I thought it was a good picture that helps me to understand, right? It's, it's hearing God. It's, and, and a lot of times we hear God through here quite often, right? I didn't read the scripture right before where Samuel said, it said visions were very rare in that time. So God wasn't speaking very much to his people in that time. And, and so understanding that uh, that piece was like, this wasn't normal. God wasn't just going around and saying, hey, Samuel, what's up? You know, he wasn't, he wasn't texting him every day. Um, so, and he doesn't, if we're honest, he's not texting us every day either, right? Unless, if he is, that's cool. He doesn't text me in a while. <clears throat> so how do we hear him speak, right? How do, we, how do we begin to discern when we hear something or we read a scripture? How do we begin to discern that, that that's God really talking. Because let's just be honest. We look at these scriptures, and, and I, I, my favorite scripture that uh, is a real struggle for me and to understand how someone could discern this is, is Abraham when he takes Isaac. Right? God's like, hey, take your kid, a knife and a fire, some firewood, and go and sacrifice your the apple of your eye. That's a hard one for me to, if I'm, if I'm being honest and I'm in Abraham's shoes and I have prayed and desired a son, I desired that, that one thing in this life that I, I, I haven't been able to make happen. In fact, we know he tries to do it. He, he makes a son with the handmaiden, right? With the servant girl, Ishmael. And that's a bad day. And then he finally has this child that he's been promised. And God says, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to speak to you, Abraham. Take this child, this teenager, young boy, whatever, how old he was. He was probably not old enough to carry wood, right? 
take this boy and sacrifice him. I don't know about you, but that one is a challenge for me. Right? And Abraham goes down in history for his faithfulness to God, for hearing that, for knowing it was God, for taking him there and actually getting to the point he says, God, even if you slay him, even if he's dead, I know somehow you will sort that out. That is faith. There's a reason we say the faith of Abraham. And so when I put myself in Abraham's shoes, I'm like, if I was in that spot, could I? Could I get there? I hope I never have to find out, right? Could I get there? Could I have the faith of Abraham to be able to say, God, I heard you. Right? right? And if you don't know the whole story, it's in, it's in Genesis uh, 30s maybe, 40s. I, didn't, I can't remember the actual. It's, his wife is like, hey, where are you going? <laughs> and anybody who's been married understands. <laughs> he has to answer to his wife about, oh, we'll be back. <laughs> We're going to worship the Lord. We'll be back, hopefully. <laughs> He's like, hopefully, we'll be back, <laughs> right? Yeah, hopefully. And so there are those moments in our, but there are moments in our own life, right? We look at Abraham's life, but I'm going to ask you to really to spend a few moments thinking about those those things where we have tried to discern God's call, God's voice in our life, right? And so I want to challenge you uh, with a couple verses that um, of people that I think we recognize uh, God's call in their life because of the scriptures. Uh, Joshua got a whole book, right? And this is right at the beginning. And he says, keep the book of law on your lips, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it and then you will be prosperous and successful. We know Joshua's story, right? Joshua's story is he's, he's kind of like the second guy in command. Moses is running the show and Joshua's just kind of hanging out. But there's this problem with the Israelite people. Right? And the problem is Moses disobeyed, and God's like, You're not going to the promised land. Sorry, dude. Oh, who's gonna pick up the mantle? Who's gonna pick up the piece? Who's gonna take these people to the promised land? Joshua's been in been the, the second hand man for a long time. He's been he's been in this position, but he's not been in control, he's not been in charge. And I don't know about you, have you ever been put in charge of something you feel totally overwhelmed in? Like, I'm now responsible for this? That's what's going on in Joshua's life at the beginning, right? Because this is right in between the, in the, between the verses. You know what's in the verses like 1-7 and 1-9? You know what those are? Anybody? Come on, you're going to know this. What are the verses in Joshua 1? Like 7, 9, 6, they're all in that right there. Be strong and courageous. Right? God's, God's tell, listen, Joshua, I'm going to, I put you in this spot. I'm going to show you what happens and I am going to take care of you. And he says, listen, I want you to meditate on my word, on the law, right? Understand that, you know, they, at this point he would have only had the first five books. The books of the law. Meditate on those books understand where I'm coming from, and you will be successful. Here's another scripture for you. Maybe. There we go. I can't read. So one night, I think it's Psalm 119.14 is what this one is. 19.14, yeah. 
I need new glasses. No, wait, these are new glasses. <laughs> I need new eyes. <laughs> May the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you, O Lord. So what does a meditation look like? Have you ever thought about what, a, what it means to meditate on God's word? Tell, give, me, give me a little feedback. What does it mean if I say, hey, I want you to go home and I want you to take the, uh, whatever verse it is, and I want you to med- meditate on it for the week? What are you going to do? Would you say, Chris, I missed that one piece. Oh, reading it over and over. Chew on it. What was the other? I heard something else, but I missed it. Soak in it. All right. Pointing, yeah, pointing at it, right? Setting your gaze in that direction. Fair enough, right? Like actually thinking about what God's word says about a, a certain direction or the way we should act, right? Any others? Anybody else doing anything? Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, um, anybody have, does anybody have anything on their fridge they can write on? Karen, Karen, were you in that Sunday school we were in a long time ago? I don't know if you were. We had a, we had a Sunday school class where every week we would write a verse on the, on the doorpost. Uh, not the doorpost, on the fridge, on the fridge post. <laughs> right? Putting that, putting that verse, anybody have verses they put on cards or anything on their, uh, like on their counters? or on, on a, Anybody have a tattoo on them? You know, just a new verse every week. No, probably not. It's a great idea. I don't know. You won't forget. Oh! <laughs> right. Tablet, yeah. Right? Taking the time. First of all, what do you got to do if you, to get there? You got to have a verse, right? So then you got to ask yourself, what, what verse is God putting in my heart? How am I going to find a verse? Do I have an app? Do I jump in my, my Bible? Do I, I, I love the idea of just getting in your Bible, open it up, read until you find something that really does intrigue you, that challenges you. Or if you have a system of reading through a certain book or a certain part of the Bible, fine. Whatever, whatever works for you, but, but finding a verse or, or a, a short scripture, something that helps you to begin to think about um, the things of God. Because that's, you can't meditate on something you don't have. So if you're not, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want to meditate on God's word, you've got to have God's word. you got to have a verse. you got to have something that challenges you. Something that intrigues you. Something that, that it's maybe a bit hard to understand. You need a verse. You need scripture. You need something to grapple with. Because you can't grapple with nothing. So let me challenge you in that way. If you're not reading your Bible, I'm going to encourage you to read one verse a day. Because I promise you this. If you're not reading any, one will be better than zero. Right? And then if, if you read one, you're going to have a hard time to figure out the context of that verse unless you look maybe at the verse before and the verse after. So now we're up to three verses. Crazy idea. You could read the chapter that it's in. I know, that's a stretch. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to read one verse. Read one verse and meditate on that. What does it mean? What does it mean to rejoice, I'll give you an example. I'm going to give you one, all right? I'm going to give you a freebie, Philippians 4.4. 4. It's an easy one. And maybe it's not that easy. Maybe life isn't th- that joyful at this point. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. 
Philippians 4.4. Write that down and try that one and then try to figure out what it means, what Paul means to the Philippian church when he talks about rejoicing in the Lord always. And you're going to have to go a little further, right? You're going to have to go a little further down in the scripture and he'll tell you, he gives you the instructions to figure out that joy. He says, quit worrying about the things that don't matter. Quit being anxious. Be anxious for nothing. But every, in everything through prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And then he has a list. Right? There's a list in there. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you to meditate on that verse this week. That's an easy verse. It's a great uh, passage. If you're having a rough week, that's an awesome passage. And it says... It says, whatever is true, whatever is noble, there's a whole list. I don't have it, I don't have it in front of me um, because I wasn't planning on talking about it. But I'm going to challenge you to take the whatevers in verse like uh, 8 or 9. Take the whatevers and, and, and literally whatever is noble and, and, and putting something in the noble. That's meditating on God's word. What is noble in my life? What is good in my life? What positive things has God done in my life? That's meditating on his word. If you don't do anything else this week, let me challenge you to read Philippians chapter 4. And I will promise you, if you're not encouraged, you must have read it with your eyes closed. Remember, Paul's sitting in jail, rotting in jail while he's writing this. So how do we meditate on God's word? First, we listen closely. Do you see that Samuel, we, we missed the first piece, right? I took that first piece. I didn't read. I would encourage you to go back and read that one through nine. But Samuel finally figures out after three times that it's God's talking to him, not Eli. God is talking to him. And I wonder how often when we hear God, we don't listen or we're not paying attention or worse yet, we don't want to pay attention. I wonder how often God says, hey, did you see there's exclamation points there? Samuel, Samuel, right? Dude was sleeping, right? He's waking him up. I wonder how, how often God is saying, hey, wake up. Listen to what I'm telling you. Did you not hear what I'm saying? have to ask yourself the question, am I ready to hear God speak in my life? Am I ready? Do I want to hear what God has to say? Because let's just be honest, sometimes we don't want to hear what God has to say. And, and, and in this story, this reason, one of the reasons I picked this story, in this story, it's not all roses and unicorns. Samuel has to tell Eli something really rough. Samuel has to send a, give a message that's not going to be uh, all, let me give you a hug and let's be happy. He has to tell Eli the truth. Thankfully, Eli wants to hear the truth, right? He knows, he knows who God is. But, but Samuel's, Samuel's job is not going to be easy. He's a prophet of God. And we, we recognize the Old Testament prophets. Uh, we we want to think that they, were, they had, a, that had it easy, but... I mean, Jeremiah, the whole book is a train wreck, right? Jeremiah's got a tough go. Samuel has a tough go here. 
just a young man, and he has to share with his mentor, someone that, um, that he's been learning from, this is what God spoke to me. But he has to first be willing to listen. So I'm going to encourage you to slow down. Right? Slow down and let God speak into your life. Read the Scripture. Meditate on that Scripture, which means think about how that Scripture fits in your life today. Not, not philosophically. I'm not asking you to, like, to sort it out. That I'm, I'm, Make it simple, right? But slow down. I, there's one thing I've noticed about my own life um, that, I, that I'm challenged and I've been really working on. I've been, I quit doing things on Saturdays, for the, not for the 100%, for, for the most part, for one reason. Because I was filling my life with so much stuff that I never slowed down long enough to hear from God. That I never took a deep breath. And I learned, I learned this because I would sit in my chair and I'd turn on, uh, I, I can't watch a movie. I, I know that's a, probably a bad sign for my ability to, to, to sit in one space for very long. But I would sit there and watch. I can't even watch a football game. I have to get up in like every 10 minutes. I got to get, I need a cup of coffee. Duh, right? Get up. Oh, I had a cup of coffee. Well, you know what? I could use a cookie to go with that cup of coffee. Get back up. Oh, there's some chips out there. I think I'll get up and get those too. And then it's like, I got to use the bathroom because I drank too much coffee. Right? Some of you know what I'm talking about, right? It's this like never-ending cycle of I can't slow down long enough to take a deep breath, to begin to think about the things of God. I'm not making time for God specifically in, in the quiet of, of the morning or in the quiet of the evening, uh, in the quiet of the midday. I don't care where you do it, but, but understanding this, sometimes we just have to slow down long enough to hear God's voice. Example, Elijah, right? Elijah, in a small, still voice, he heard God. There had been a snowstorm. Well, I don't know if it was a snowstorm, but it was a storm, right? It had been, a, it had been all this chaos going on around him, but it was in the small, still voice, in the quiet, that he heard God. And you ha in order to listen closely, you're going to have to put your ear to the ground. Do you know, did anybody ever, I, I'm going to date myself, but you remember the Lone Ranger? Right? You know what the Indians did, right? They'd always put their, they'd get on the ground and put their ear to the ground, and somehow magically they could hear horse hoof vibrations <laughs> for 27 miles when a normal human couldn't. I don't know how that works. I, I always thought that was pretty funny, right? But we have to put our ear to the ground. We have to be willing to stop long enough to listen closely to God. Samuel stopped. He was laying down, right? It says he was laying in his bed. There's a, there's a piece of me, and I don't want to do this, but there's a piece of me that says, you know, on the Sabbath, you know, there's an old, there's an old mindset that on the Sabbath people would just lay in bed all day. And they didn't eat, they didn't cook supper, they didn't, there was not a lot going on, and they would just spend the day in bed, spend the day in quiet. And we, we think, there's only seven days. I can't lose a day. I'll never get everything done. But maybe, but maybe, but maybe there's some validity to just letting down. Just, you know, maybe there's some validity in me watching NASCAR with my eyes closed every afternoon on Sunday. Maybe it's, it's good for us to let down, to quiet our hearts, and not fill them with nothing, 
but fill them with God's word. Finding that time. Second, he says, take time to meditate. So Samuel laid there in the morning. So Samuel knew what God wanted him to tell Eli. He knew what he had to tell him. And what did he do? Did he run to Eli in the middle of the night and say, Hey, Eli, this is what God told me. Not at all. It says he went and he laid back down until morning. You know what I like to do? I like to get it off my chest like in 10 seconds, right? I want to just, you need to hear this. I'm going to say it. It's done. I'm out of there. But Eli took the time to meditate and make sure. Because I think sometimes we think we hear from God. We're not 100% sure we hear from God. Or maybe sometimes we're way too confident that we heard from God. And we don't take the time to untangle it. I always tell people, if you think you heard from God, great. I'm glad you heard from God. Now I want you to take it and pray over it. And I want you to, 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 to sort it out with God. Because here's the thing I know about God. He's never going to be late in your life. Never. He's never going to forget to come or to show up. He's going to be right on time. It's kind of like our junk drawer. Anybody have a junk drawer? I've been working on cleaning up some of my junk drawers. I have, I wish I only had one. I got about 10, right? And in the middle of that, I have, I have a lighter for the candles, and that's about the, and, and I can see batteries, and that's about, and then after that, I couldn't tell you what's in the stupid thing, right? And that's legitimately, this is not my drawer, but, because um, I would, mine doesn't have near that organization, <laughs> right? But, but you, you know what I'm talking about, right? The drawer is, Chaos. Now, in there somewhere is a screwdriver. There's a, a hammer in there. Uh, in somewhere there's screws. There's things that put up pictures. There's glue, probably, right? Paper clips, yeah. Tape. The tape. My tape isn't in there because I got it separated in another junk drawer, right? Because I got so many junk drawers. You know what I'm talking about, right? There's chaos. It's kind of hard to find. Like, I can find the first three things. I know there are AAA and AA batteries right up front. And there's a lighter. That's really about only three things in that drawer that I really know what's in there. Now, mind you, when I'm looking for something, I have to go through and clear it out and find it. Throw it all back in. I'm going to work on it. I'm working on it this winter. I'm going to work on some of those drawers. Yeah, yeah, when I figure it out, yeah, I'll, I'll start a business. Make it look like this. Look at that. Isn't that, isn't that nice? Who wants that? I, I want that. <laughs> I want to know where the rubber bands and paper clips and the tape is. I want, I want to know that I have those things. That was, that was hilarious. I was doing Christmas presents, and I'm wrapping them. And I, and I rather, you know, I'm just going to tell you, just transparency. I thought I could look and see where the wrapping paper is and see how much I own this Christmas. Or I could just go to Walmart and buy 10 rolls, and now I know I got enough, right? There's no way I don't have enough. I don't have to worry about the, all the others. But I forgot the tape. So, <laughs> so I'm like, I think we got tape. And then get there, and it's like, you know how when you're like, you're running, you're, oh, I'm making tracks. I'm taping stuff up. And it's like, and it's like, uh, <laughs> no more tape, right? I'm going to have to cut it into little quarter-inch sections. And then I opened the other junk drawer, and I got what was in there? I got packaging tape. You know, that's, that's tape's like this wide. And like, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> 
Thank you, Lord. In another drawer, <laughs> in another drawer of unorganized life, there was another thing of tape. So I, I was okay. You relate because you do the same thing as I do. Take the time. Take the time to organize your thoughts. To, to ask God those hard questions. To ask him, like, God, I, I hear what you're saying, right? We, uh, we're having this conversation. Uh, God, I understand what you're asking me to do. I need to understand. Help me understand what that means in my life. What are you saying? How do I need to treat A, B, or C, or this person, right? And, and how does this relate to a relationship? What are you asking me to do? And beginning to sort that out and organizing your thoughts and letting God work in your life. See, because I don't think, um, there are times we see in Scripture where God is like, eh, dude, you need to do this. And then there are other times, I think, in our life where where God is revealing that and he's, he's saying, listen, I need you to just take the next step. I know a guy feeling called uh, to go back to school to be a counselor. And uh, he's been really working on, on a lot of things in life. And he and I have had a lot of good conversations about like going back to school. And it's scary because if you're, if you're in your 40s, it, that's a terrifying thought. And if God's calling you back to that, I kept telling him, if God's calling you back to school, he's going to direct your path. Now, he's not asking you to have a job as a counselor set up today. He's asking you to take the next step. And if the next step is putting your resume and getting reference letters to get into school, perfect. He's not asking you to have it all sorted out. And I think all too often in our faith, we think we have to have it all figured out from here till dead. He's not asking us to do that. He's asking us to take the next step. When Dave Williams, he was the first one here today, when Dave pulled in, there was a blizzard. Literally looked out the door, and I couldn't see Dave's car, which is only about 25 feet out there. And I just saw two eyeballs, the glasses, coming in. And it, and it looks beautiful now compared to it was. And I was like, what just happened, right? And Dave said he pulled in, he couldn't see the parking lot. <laughs> And I think sometimes in our faith walk, that's what it looks like. We can't see the parking lot. And God's not asking us to, to understand where every inch of the parking lot is. He's asking us to take the next step, one at a time. Finally, he's, he asked Samuel to be obedient. When you meditate on God's word and, he's, and, you're, and you clearly understand that that is the direction he is calling you to, then you be obedient. You take the next step. Right? Samuel, it says, Samuel grew up, and the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. That doesn't sound like that big a deal, right? What, what, we're say, what, he's, what he's saying is that God was with Samuel as he did life, as he, he was a prophet of the Lord. And, and God was with him for his life because he was obedient. He, you realize it began with Eli. Here's what's going to happen. Your sons, they were jerks, and you're going to have to pay for that, right? And Eli said, don't you dare spare me the truth. Tell me what God told you. And Samuel could have sugarcoated it, could he not have? Samuel could have, like, just kind of wiped out a little bit of the, the bad stuff. He's like, uh, maybe it'll be, it might be a bad day for you guys, right? <laughs> no, he, God told him, and he passed it on because 
because he was being honest and he was being obedient. God had told him this and it was very plain and he knew. He contemplated it for a time. He meditated on uh, what God had told him. And, and probably in that meditation piece was um, having the tact to say it the right way. In the best loving way, right? Uh, there are, there, we definitely know there are ways to say things and ways not to say things. Right? There are times when our wife wears a dress and we're like, I'm not sure that's the right one. Right? We, there's a, multiple ways we could say that. Or that's the better, that's a better, I always was like, that's a better outfit than that outfit. <laughs> not, that one looks, you know. There are ways to say things. There are ways to be honest and still use tact and speak the truth in love, right? That verse just always comes to mind because the scripture says speak the truth in love. And all too often we're okay to speak the truth but not in love. Samuel was obedient. Did he know where God was going to take him? Do you remember what, what he was a part of? He was a part of the anointing of Saul, right? He also was a part of telling Saul he was out. Sorry, Saul. You done made God, God mad. You were disobedient. He anointed David. That's part of his story. There's a lot of Saul, Samuel's story, and God was with him in all of that. And what do we learn from that? We learn that obedience is, is really important. And I want to challenge you this morning that when you meditate on God's word and he calls you to something and you know that that's what he's calling you to, be obedient. Because this, this makes way more, a lot of sense to me. Right? It doesn't have to make sense to you, but really to, only to God. If God is calling you to a ministry piece or God is calling you to step out and encourage someone else, if God is calling you to share your testimony with someone you work with, if God is calling you to give, uh, one of my favorite ones is when God calls us to give of our financial uh, blessings. Those are my favorite. Because it's like, okay, I know God's saying do this. I, I, I know, we used to, at home, Amy and I used to, um, we would be like, I feel like God's saying we need to give this to somebody. And then it would be a, like, okay, what do you, how much do you think? And very, very rarely, very, very rarely were we ever different. It was almost identically like the same dollar amount. Like, yep, there needs to be $100 that goes to there. Right? And, and that's kind of, to me, confirmation that God is, was working in that. Just be obedient, right? We don't have to understand the why. One time, this is a great one. One time I put money, I don't even remember who it was. Um, someone had lost their job, and it was like, God was calling us to give some money. It wasn't a ton of money, but it was like, go hide this in their car <laughs> while they're in church. <laughs> and, it, and it was great, right? One time we sent one in a letter. <laughs> Nobody knew where it came from. It was, those, are, those are blessings that God offers. He gives us those opportunities to share in those. And I want you, if you hear God saying whatever, follow through. If you hear God saying, you need to reach out and make this phone call, don't, don't miss it. Don't lose it. There's a blessing in it, in being obedient to God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I've, I've answered the phone or called someone, and there was a firestorm on the other side. I'm not going to tell you that it's always perfect and easy and lovely. But that doesn't make it less important. 
right? Those moments when we walk into the things that God has put us in, and we, even in a hard time, we know God is working through that. So let me encourage you to be obedient. Be obedient to God. Whatever he's directing your path, I, I, I don't know those stories. Even if God's calling you to build, to crochet a quilt for someone. Afghan, thank you. I can't tell you who it is. Thanks, Veronica. Ask, ask Veronica. She was, being, she was being obedient to God. And God blessed her this week in a really, really, really cool way. And one of my jobs is to make sure I see those things where God's blessing people and encourage those things. So thank you. Thank you for being a good example. So I got it the wrong, I called it the wrong thing. <laughs> I knew what it was. A blankie. A blankie. It was a blankie. Oh, be obedient to God, right? He, he has, the first step of that obedience is to follow him. And so if you're not following him, let me encourage you to follow him, to, to give him a chance, to, to step into um, that mode where we actually listen for God. You won't hear him if you're not asking uh, him to be a part of your life. If you haven't called him, called out to him and cried out to him, you won't hear him. He says, uh, come to me all who are heavy and uh, laden and burdened. And so maybe that's where you're at this morning. I don't know where you're at. Wherever you are, God wants to, to reach out and to speak to you. And if that's where you're at, come see me. I'd love to pray with you this morning and ask God to come and speak in your life. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your word. Lord, thank you for the way that you continue to work in our life. Lord, I thank you for those around us who care and love us so much. Those who, uh, Lord, uh, um, are willing to hear us and listen to us. Lord, I thank you for... Uh, those people you put in our lives uh, to encourage us, Lord, like uh, Paul encouraged the Philippians. Uh, Lord, there are people uh, even today who encourage our life. Thank you for them. Lord, thank you for your word. It's always true. May we meditate on it daily. In your name we pray. Amen.